Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Hey, NFT curious friend, Ethan from Edge of NFT here. We've got a special bonus episode for you today. We're sharing with you the recording from a live insider event, the Meta Hills NFT Mixer and Gallery held July 31st at a beautiful Beverly Hills mansion packed with fun and forward-thinking NFT enthusiasts. The party featured an incredible array of NFT art for viewing and for purchase, as well as IRL NFT fractionalized art by renowned creators like Basquiat and Salvador Dali, provided by EcoFi. Edge of NFT hosts were invited to moderate a panel at this event. A very exciting privilege. The only drawback is that our co-host Jeff was on the opposite coast and could not join us. Nevertheless, it was a great opportunity to have a discussion with some great minds in the NFT space. We're pleased to share this great content with you, moderated by Josh and me. You'll hear from four fascinating panelists, including Scott Solandi DeFore of Liquid Star, Ryan Fang of Bounce.Finance and Anchor Network, Kevin Monahan of EcoFi, and Ron Levy of The Crypto Company. Stay tuned for some great stuff. Guys, before we get started, let's give it up for Matt Wright for putting all this amazingness together for all of us. The dude texted me like two weeks ago saying he wanted to have a goodbye party and did I want to come? And look at what happened in two weeks. That's that's sort of the uh, speed of innovation in the world of blockchain and crypto these da- these days, and it shows sort of the the power of this community and how fast things are going. It's great to see all you here. My name is Joshua Krieger. I'm one of the co-hosts of Edge of NFT. We're a podcast that uh, talks about the outer limits of what's possible with NFTs, and we explore that with leaders in the space. We do at least one show a week, and you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, all those good platforms, plus edgeofnft.com. And then we have a newsletter, and we also do a lot of giveaways. We just partnered with Animoca Brands. I was hoping tonight we could give away a lot of Edge of NFT stylized race cars, but they sold out yesterday. Sold out 1,000. But we do have a giveaway right now going on with L.A. Pritz, who is one of the amazing artists displaying her uh, art today. Uh, You can enter that and have a chance to win. Ellie, say what's up. So... Ellie does video NFTs of a psychedelic nature, and her current exhibit is called Mind Flowers. Mind Flowers? And she's got uh, 10 in that edition. It's a really dope collection. And if you happen not to uh, buy one tonight, you can still earn one by uh, going to uh, our Twitter and entering that contest. So it's a pretty dope opportunity to get some NFT art. Um, Today we're going to talk about the bleeding edge of NFTs and DeFi. I have one of my co-hosts here today, Ethan Janney. Our other co-host is Jeff Kelly. And we have a very illustrious group of four gentlemen tonight doing amazing things in the space. 
Gents, please uh, kick it off by telling us a little bit about yourselves and the project that consumes most of your time. We know that we all have eight or nine things going on. Let's focus on the project that consumes most of your time to start off this evening. Let's start with you, Scott. Hey, I'm uh, Scott Slaney DeFour, and I'm working on a project called Liquid Star. So what we do is we design these uh, solar-powered shipping containers and we place them in areas where people don't have access to electricity. They come, um, they rent batteries or they buy water from us. And then when we have excess electricity, we mine um, Bitcoin and Ethereum. We should really become friends. You know, we kind of cross our uh, path a little bit. Uh, my name is Ryan. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Anchor and Bounced Off Finance. Uh, Anchor is a, a leading API, blockchain API service provider in the world. Uh, we support more than 50 different blockchain APIs, and at the same time, I am the co-founder of Bounce of Finance, one of the uh, earliest auction protocol on Ethereum. Uh, we also support this uh, multi-chain vision, where we support uh, Ethereum, BSC, you know, Arbitron, etc., etc. Basically, different chains uh, that you can also have smart contract on. Very happy to be here today. So my name is Kevin Monahan. I am the co-founder of EcoFi, my crypto and my Ether wallet. Um, I have been building in this space a long time and have been trying to give NFTs real value through what we're doing right now. Um, uh, we're fractionalizing ownership of artwork. The Basquiat and the Dolly in here are our artwork. Um, we are trying to uh, give value to NFTs when IPFS servers may or may not go down. Um, NFTs should still have value. Ron Levy, I'm uh, one of the founders and I am the CEO of The Crypto Company, which is one of the first publicly traded companies in the space. We, uh, we, are one of, we have one of, uh, so our subsidiary company is the, what I believe to be number one blockchain training company in the world. Uh, we train you know, many of the Fortune 100, uh, whether it be IBM, Microsoft, list goes on and on. We also train individual students on demand. And it's really built around specifically blockchain over crypto. We're certainly big crypto fans, but we, we found a void in the market of getting the world to understand blockchain and why they should notice and why it's valuable for all the things blockchain will be doing, you know, as the years go on. Um, and, and with that, I put NFTs in that exact same category. Uh, we're starting with art primarily, and I think it's phenomenal. But there's so much, so much uh, more, to, more to give. So we, uh, we we see ourselves an important part of that ecosystem to help uh, get the word out and train people for it. It's uh, it's really a privilege to be chatting with all you, uh, working on these great projects and pushing things forward. Um, before we dive in more onto the details of the projects. On our show, we like to ask something we call edge quick hitters, uh, where we get to know our guests a little bit, uh, kind of their their personalities. Uh, we usually ask 10 questions that are really fun. We're gonna stick with one today. Um, the question of the day here is, what is the first thing you ever sold? And uh, if you have a fun answer to that uh, question, uh, you know, let us know later when we're mingling. So I'll, I'll start over here. Should, I, should we start with Scott? Yeah, Scott, uh, what's the first thing you ever sold? Uh, the first thing I ever sold was I was like a candy hustler at high school. Of so course, we've had sold we've had Twix, Kit Kat, all that. Yeah, that was that was my 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 go-to. 
How much of a markup do you, are we talking here? It was it was enough to buy all my Pokemon cards. Whoa. Now, now, did you do a rounding curve based on what you thought you could get, or did you just give it to everyone the same price? I gave I gave everyone the same price, but I gave teachers a discount so I wouldn't get in trouble. So two dollars for everyone else, and then one dollar for teachers. Excellent, excellent. All right, what's what's the first thing you ever sold? All right, I I was gonna. That, that was a very good answer. So I mean, I'm no my question. answer is gonna be a little bit lame, a little bit of uh, advertisement kind of. So there is a, a up and coming startup that is doing a fractionalized NFT sale. Ooh, this has had to happen before <laughs> you were like 12 years old or something. Come on, man! Like, so the first thing your parents I, ever I, I've, you? I've never sold anything in my life. You know, this is the first thing I'm trying to sell. Uh, <laughs> So it is a it is an interesting piece, a very rare piece of uh, from the meat bit, uh, and uh, I, I, me and uh, my co-founder is a proud owner of the, this rare meat bit piece, and uh, this fun, uh, this company called the Fractional is going to break it up to uh, many pieces and uh, you know uh, have it sold. That will be my first sale. All right, all right, guys, let's help Scott with his first. Uh, <laughs> let's help Ryan with his first sale ever in life. That is. Yeah, Please support my first time, you know? We're rooting for you. <laughs> All right, so I, I sold it. Boy Scout raffle tickets. That was the first thing I ever sold. And they funded the first thing I ever bought. Oh, excellent. Well, that sounds like you're a very good boy. Can you recite any of your Boy Scout kind of uh, codes or anything for us? Absolutely not. <laughs> how, how I'm an Eagle Scout, and I cannot recite a goddamn word. So. And... and and did you have any tattoos while you were Eagle Scout, or did that come later? Uh, Eagle Scouts are very young, so I did not have any tattoos at that point. <laughs> All right, good, good answer. Thanks a lot. Ron, what was the first thing you ever sold? First thing I ever sold was there was a local uh, public golf course. I'm a native of L.A. You and sold the golf course. Congratulations. Well, <laughs> <laughs> big time. I should have been thinking that big at 12, but uh, <laughs> my, my, my best idea at the time, anyway, was to jump into the lake and uh, grab the golf balls from the lake. Oh, I love Warren Buffett did that too. Actually, Warren Buffett though hired another kid to do it for him. See, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was not aware of that. That's a great idea. What? So, it was, it was a great start. That's why Warren Buffett is a millionaire. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now that we know you guys a little bit better, and you and you fit the profile of someone in crypto based on your sales history, except for you, Ryan. Um, Question for Scott. You mentioned that you are, are doing a lot of interesting things with solar power, helping in developing countries and using Ethereum and uh, or mining Ethereum. So it seems like you're, you're looking at different ways to integrate blockchain technology along the way of this project and, and sort of, I'm just kind of curious, what else is on your mind there? How do you look at the space in terms of the ease of adoption of other technology as you're sort of implementing your roadmap to provide this valuable resource to developing countries. Yeah, so the blockchain company we're the most excited to work with right now is probably Celo, um, primarily because most of these people only have what they call feature phones. So if you think back to like your old indestructible Nokia's, uh, that's what most people are using and that's their life, right? So they have all of their money is on there via text message. 
And uh, one of the things Cello is working on is a completely text message based kind of like end-to-end -end blockchain UI. And just bigger picture, I think that's the most important thing, right? Because our end users, you know, just being totally honest, most of them can't read or write, but they can use a, a, a text message based cell phone. And if we were like, hey, you're using some new blockchain DeFi protocol, their eyes would glaze over. And so for us, what Cello is developing is extremely important because the end user is going to have no clue whatsoever that they're using blockchain, but it will enable them, it will make it easier for them to get more involved in the market as they develop later on. That's, that's pretty amazing. And what, what strikes me is that this stuff is available. Like, I think we've never lived in such an interesting moment in time where there's something out there to solve every problem, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because I think for my co-founder and I, this is the thing that's the most frustrating for us, is that the problem of like two million people dying per year because they don't have electricity and three million people dying per year because they don't have access to clean water is completely solved. There's no new technology. We don't need fuel cells. We don't need any anything crazy to solve that problem. Um, the opportunity with uh, blockchain is that now you can start to think about how you solve those problems profitably. So you align these for-profit incentives. Uh, a lot of the countries that we were working in, they, they really started thinking that we're like a nonprofit, and they were like, actually, we don't want any nonprofits to work in here because you distort the market. So if everybody comes and gives people free clothes or free food, why would I learn to be a tailor or why would I learn to be a farmer? And so because we're, we're, we are explicitly for profit, we're trying to make money, um, these technologies make processing like microtransactions for people that don't have a lot of money like profitable and actually a slightly more easy to scale. Thanks a lot for that. Um, Ryan, I want to ask you, of course, about auctions. Um, they're becoming a really important part um, of token and NFT launches, uh, but they can also be quite difficult to execute as well. Um, we want to know how does Bounce Finance make the task easier, and uh, what are some tips you can offer about making those type of things go well for others? Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about uh, two sort of uh, endeavors that we are taking to make the NFT launches, you know, easier. Um, the first thing, you know, has to do one of the biggest pain, I think, uh, uh, in the uh, overall NFT space is that uh, uh, purely based on Ethereum, it is relatively slow, uh, relatively expensive, you know, you do need to spend, you know, quite a bit of money uh, to even start and, you know, do anything at a uh, OpenSea account, right? Now we believe, you know, the layer twos of the world, the uh, other chains of the world uh, that also supports EVM, also supports smart contract, is truly the future um, of some of the auction applications. But that's a big focus that we have in essentially the auction protocol supports not just Ethereum, but also a number of other uh, blockchains, you know, auction. Now the second part we're working, uh, we're working on is truly making the user experience easier and easier that everybody, no matter how you're, how crypto savvy you are, you'll be able to uh, come to our platform and easily utilize the service. So I guess the follow-up question for me, Ryan, is Anchor is also oriented towards making it easier, right, to connect to Web3. Yeah. So 
you know, making things easier, more uh, more uh, adopted is a common theme. Are you are there touch points between Anchor and Bounce Finance that have already exist or will exist in the future? Yeah, so uh, my co-founder Chandler and I, we started uh, Anchor first. Uh, the Anchor's sort of goal is really having everybody, you know, have an easier time to do staking and let all the developer have a one-stop shop to have an easy access to API services for uh, different chains. Now, in fact, the Bounce.Finance development utilize the Anchor service itself. Right? And we plan, and we also are used by a lot of leading protocols in the space, including the Balancer, including Compound, PancakeSwap, et cetera, et cetera. Now we truly hope that uh, more people uh, obviously utilize our uh, you know, service and uh, uh, have an easier time bootstrap their startup. So if, if you're when in doubt on which technology to integrate with and you're looking at the competition, you could always go with the one you already created. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's always the way to go. <laughs> Alright, cool. Like, thanks a lot, Ryan. We're moving on to Ron here. Of course, uh, Ron, you're the CEO um, of the crypto company, of one of the first publicly traded uh, crypto-related companies, and you're really focused on education. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the folks here at this event have a, a MetaMask wallet, but, but there's also a good number of people that don't even know what a MetaMask is. Um, what, what are some kind of methodologies and strategies um, that you can envision to kind of get people more educated and on board, you know, both non-traditional and traditional education methods here? You know, that's a, it is a great question. And, and to answer it looking forward, I'm going to look back a little bit. So of all the people that have MetaMask wallets today, I would venture a guess the majority of them didn't have it prior to the spring of 2020. And that's not very long time, call it a year, it's a little longer. But look at how quickly our space, our industry develops and how quickly it adapts. And when I listen to what Ryan was talking about, and I want to get into uh, what Scott said as well, it's, it's, it's not a home run that changes things, it's this, these singles that just keep coming out. And they happen every day. I track the news every day, I spend time on it. And you know, yesterday, Germany, passes a law saying 20% of uh, their institutional funds can be put into Bitcoin. You know, it barely makes the headlines, but it's relevant. It's a single that's out there that's very relevant. So getting back to your question, there's just gonna be these chipping away by people like Ryan. They're just solving this friction point, that friction point, and all of you that are using them, which supports these projects, and that's the granular change that's happening at warp speed. I just don't know another industry that happened as quick as this one is. Yeah, it's fascinating, you know, and, and also it, it's it's really beautiful to notice, like, here we are, we're kind of at a, a fancy party in, in Beverly Hills, and, and it's, it really shows what's really interesting about how this space is progressing, incorporated, we're, we're able to incorporate art and creativity and, ener and you know, cutting-edge energy into finance and get people interested in it uh, and ha having fun with finance. I think it's very interesting. All of the above. If I can take one second to take what you just said and mar marry it up to what Scott was talking about. What Scott's doing is absolutely amazing. And the way I've described it is here in the States and in, in uh, first-world countries, this is like the icing on the cake, right? It's, you know, every very few people starve to death here. Like we're, this is just 
putting great icing on the cake. In these third world countries, they don't have the cake. And they're leapfrogging all this development we did over what do you want to ever want to call it, 50, 100 years, and going straight to what we have. And as he described what they're working with now, stay tuned. You give it two years, three years, four years, it's unbelievable what's happening. And it changes their life from nothing to something. And nothing can be grander than that. Right on. You know, I think what's interesting as we learn more about all, all four of your projects is the common theme around making the world better. Uh, I know a little bit more about what Ecofy and Kevin's up to than what Kevin shared already because we just did an event with them on Wednesday night that was amazing and we went pretty deep. And um, Kevin, it, it seems like uh, you put a lot of thought into your model in terms of how to do fractionalization in a way that keeps people motivated and really uh, supports uh, the greater good in terms of giving everyone a chance to own Masterworks. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how that's all possible and, and what your thinking was going into this project. Oh, it's actually a lot more than that. So when he's referring to marginally slow load times, marginally slow, the marginally cheaper transactions and them supporting 50 blockchains, the reality is that Ethereum works a hundred times faster and a hundred times cheaper than your bank. So I, I don't give a crap about 50 blockchains. I give a crap about the one that's going to work. And the one that has given us the ability to do this is Ethereum. Ethereum has several other blockchains that uh, you can build stuff on them and you can use the same EVM-based code to interact, but you're still gonna end up back on Ethereum later. We, when I was building our mechanism, I wanted to fix, I, I was dating a Venezuelan girl, and Venezuela's economy is fucked up. And I was like, how do we fix this? And the reality is, if you changed the, the way that the financial mechanisms work in their country, you can fix their country with a billion dollars. And I know that a billion dollars sounds like a lot to most people, but the reality is a billion dollars in the grand scheme of life and venture capital is nothing. Like, Sequoia Capital controls $3 trillion of market capital. Like, that is 3,000 times what I'm talking about to fix a country. This is the, you can buy NFTs that are hosted on IPFS servers and you can own these things that are screenshots of somebody's work that they've done on their computer that I can go steal right now because I know how to do that and I can host it on my computer and I can resell you those NFTs. NFT contract that, like I know the people that built it. The, the NFT contract is a very valuable thing. The event tickets, real estate, anything you can own, you can actually own and verify on blockchain from the second it was born. This is the value of NFTs, is real verifications on blockchain. Like, fuck all this other stuff, you can, you can look at all of these things like, I'm gonna have this streamed content, I'm gonna have all this crap, but the reality is, what NFTs give you the value is like a one-of-one one thing on blockchain. You know that you own this thing. Like, when you bought shares of Coca-Cola in 1920, 
you they they sent you a literal stock certificate you had in your house and you looked at it and you're like this person owns this stock certificate now on blockchain we can verify that you have owned it forever i can like with the old stock certificates i could burn it your stock certificate's gone i have to go reissue it from the company i have to find out like i have to prove that i am this person with blockchain as long as you have your keys you actually own this real digital verification of a real world thing and that's amazing this is where the idea of erc20s like the entire the idea of tokens on ethereum and in blockchain in general were to replace physical shares of things so when you get a a watch or a share of a company you get a certificate in paper that says that you own this thing now imagine if you could own this piece of this share of whatever the whatever you owned picasso it, yeah, like, yeah like picasso. picasso and on blockchain it tells you the second that thing was printed you have this actual verification of you owning a real thing and we've been working with people that are working on encrypting these things so not only do you have the proof that you own it but you're the only one that can look at that data and that's amazing thank you my man well i'm going to turn it back over to ethan to uh ask you guys one more question yeah it's been a blast and of course uh we are the edge of nft me and josh are from that podcast along with our co-host jeff kelly and uh, so we, we want to know what's at the edge of everything. I've got a question for you guys. Have a little bit of fun with it, if you like, uh, like we did up front, about what is at the edge coming out here. So what do you think in the next six months is is kind of your edgy prediction about what we're going to see that maybe nobody else uh, is ready for? And uh, we can start with, with Scott over here. And when you're done, um, just share like social handles and, and ways people can follow in and keep track of what you're doing. Cool. So, I my biggest prediction that's been 18 months away for the last two years is that somebody's going to launch some real um, AR glasses, and I think it's either going to be Apple or Snapchat will expand um, what they're doing. And I think for NFTs, actually the work that Yacht Yacht is doing with Animoca Brands, um, I think AR NFTs are really going to be the future, and uh, in particular. Sorry, can't remember your name, but Kevin. Uh, Kevin, I think the way that AR NFTs interact with things in the real world, I think that's what we're gonna see in the next six months. So, you could have a basket. Hopefully, I said that right. Where the original artist or another artist had a, a hundred NFTs associated that you can only see in AR. So, I think we're gonna see something in the next six months, if not already. That would be pretty dope. And if I could, yeah, in your social. Oh, social, uh, just follow us at liquidstar underscore IO. Right on, Scott. And if I could wink and buy that NFT while I'm wearing the glasses, that'd be pretty dope too. <laughs> yeah, just don't blink, wink. It should know the difference. All right, what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest uh, up-and-coming opportunity and most exciting thing I think is the uh, NFT game metaverse. Uh, I, I mean, people are already talking about this. You know, coins are already going up crazy. Uh, now, but I think it makes sense, right? You know, the idea is 
before blockchain, game company or game publisher, they can say, oh, we've got a special uh, weapon, special equipment that uh, uh, we're going to only create a hundred. But uh, nobody know if it's actually a hundred. And nobody know if they're going to print another hundred, another two hundred, another three hundred, right? But with, you know, uh, NFT, uh, based on, you know, Ethereum, based on, you know, all kinds of different chains, you know, people for the first time, users for the first time, have the ability to actually verify it on the blockchain. That makes the game sort of a, sort of here to stay, right? You, you, you no longer a game only controlled by the publisher, but at the same time, you know, the blockchain metaverse, you know, everybody can kind of contribute a little bit, right? Games or sort of virtual world become more and more uh, sort of user generated. And I think that is the future uh, of the virtual space. Yeah, so you're seeing an explosion in NFTs and gaming. And, and that's consistent with our interview with Yatsu of, of Animoca Brands uh, just, just a couple weeks ago. Um, I think you're right on the money there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, just a follow-up question. How many families are going to buy new homes based on their earnings from NFT games? Just pick a number. I think a couple million people, maybe, by the end of the year. I ask seriously because it's not one day goes by where there's a story about someone that bought a house with their earnings from an I, NFT game. I think we can realistically look at 10,000 people. All right. Right on. Anyone in the audience going to buy a house this year based on their NFT game earnings? <laughs> or based on what type of house All right. We got a couple. Right on. All right. All right, so we are going to launch. Wait, just, just uh, let's get in. Ryan, uh, how can people follow you? Just make sure you get that yeah, in there. I oh. forgot to. Okay. How can people keep track of you? Social uh, handles. What do you want to offer? Just uh, search A N K R the company. I mean, I, I don't really social media that much. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. All right, moving on. Thanks, Kevin. So we are going to launch our marketplace in the next couple of weeks. And in the next six months, we have partnerships with Luxo, RFT, CK. Um, we have a lot of stuff coming up. Um, you'll see a lot of marketplaces launched through our platform that are getting a real value to NFTs. Um, yeah, that's, that's our plan. So it sounds pretty likely that there will be a fractionalized Pablo Picasso in the next six months. There will be a fractionalized Pablo Picasso in the next week. Right on, right on. We are one to two weeks from launch, so we are very close. Kevin, you mentioned it briefly, but for everyone uh, here and at home, tell tell everyone what art you brought with you today, because it's pretty amazing. And then, how do people stay in touch with EcoPie? All right, so we have a Basquiat and a Salvador Dali. The Salvador Dali is one of my favorite pieces we bought from him. We have, well, I own three of them. I bought them for myself because he's such an amazing artist. Um, the company additionally has another three or four, and they are really, really cool because they're early works that he's done that are very different from what he is he like what the work you would expect from him so when you look at these pieces if you i i honestly wouldn't have noticed if i didn't have so many of them next to each other but like artists have a very specific way that they painted so pablo picasso he had really really heavy lines 
and any piece that you see of his, same heavy lines. It doesn't matter if it's his early work, late works, they are the same emotional heavy lines, and they're amazing. And right. so this is what we brought. So everyone in the audience, take note, be, have, meet some people, have some drinks, but see a Salvador Dali original upstairs before you leave tonight. That's amazing. And, re and really spend some time with those paintings, you know, take a moment and, and have a personal moment with it because it's really privileged to have those here and we really appreciate you providing those, Kevin. Um, how can people follow what's going on with you before we move on to Ron? Team at ecofire.io, ecofire.io is the website. Uh, I'm Kevin at ecofire.io, Denver at ecofire.io, and Lawrence at ecofire.io. That's our whole team. All right, Ron, what's your, what's your boldest, most unbelievable prediction coming up here in the next six months? I've got, two of, I've got two of them. One is adoption, and then the other one would be education. So under adoption, think back to 2017. If you shut your eyes and it's summertime 2017, far less than 1% of people ever heard of Bitcoin. Seems crazy now. They never heard of it. It was never a mention in the news. It never happened started happening after that summer of 17. By December of 17, it was on every newscaster. It was in it, it was in everything and everybody knew what it was. They may not really understand it, but they knew the word, they knew it was exciting, and they knew what it was. The next six months is that same thing for NFTs. Right now, less than 1% know what they are, and a lot of those don't really understand it. That's gonna crack wide open between now and the end of the year. That's the adoption part. On the education part, you originally said something edgy. I'll give you something really edgy. Edge of NFT podcast. These guys, these guys started this podcast approximately four months ago. That's like yesterday. What they have done, they have now broken into the top 50 of their sector of podcasts. That's top 50 of all. It's an amazing accomplishment. I do predict, based on how hard you're working, the, the adoption of your podcast, in the next six months, you will be seeing these guys on the big news stations being pulled here and there. You're, you're, you guys are rising to the top amazingly. And that's important to all of us. That goes to the education part. Everybody needs to be educated. For anybody that's buying some of this art here, these guys that are developing amazing things, is, is, is advancing things and the education you're giving people is absolutely critical and I just can't thank you enough for it. Shout yourself out and additionally these guys are amazing and you need to watch their podcast over the next couple of weeks. Luxo, the company that I was talking about, they're about to be on our podcast and you will really learn a lot about Ethereum and how it works if you get on that. Shout so, yourself uh, out. Thank you. I'm going to give you two email addresses. One is mine. Ron at TCC, like the crypto company, tcc.co. And the second one is the, the edge of nft.com. <laughs> Love these beautiful. guys. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, yeah. Make note of Ron's email. Get in touch with me. He's a really, a really wonderful person to be in, in touch with. I was just going to say, we did not put them up to that. Thank you, guys. We're humbled and grateful. Yes, th thanks for the flattering comments. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it's really been a privilege to talk with the, the really intelligent, groundbreaking people uh, that we've had a chance to connect with over the last uh, the last four months. 
And this dude over here, Josh Krieger, has been hustling so hard to get us the most amazing guests uh, that you could possibly get. I'm, I'm absolutely this the, floored. This is actually... This is actually only the second time I've met my co-host Ethan uh, in 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 real life. That is the power of uh, technology for us. All right, so I guess I've met their co-host as many times as he has, which is amazing because they work so well together. That's magic. All right, so so we'll wrap up here with a shout out, as they said, to the Edge of NFT podcast. Um, you know, we're really trying to give you good information, um, and, we're, and we're really focused on the depth of what's going on. Uh, we want to cover the top one percent of what's going on with NFTs today, but also we want to talk to people who know or are participating in what will stand the test of time, because we know this space is here to last. Um, you can find out more about us at edgeofnft.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. You can learn about some awesome giveaways that we've been doing. Um, we just gave away uh, race cars uh, through Animoca Brands that can allow you to win up to $150,000 in prizes. Uh, I can't believe we worked that out. So sign up for our newsletter and you can learn more about stuff like that. Um, you can follow us on almost all the social channels at, at edgeofnft. Um, it's been really great, and you, you can also find uh, Josh at, at Josh Krieger and me at, at Ethan Keyboards or at Ethan Janney. Uh, do we have any other parting words for the folks? No, guys, just uh, let's give another round of applause for Matt Wright for putting all of us together tonight. Totally. And really, uh, great respect for having you all here and, and, and being so passionate about and this space. And thank you for all the sponsors. I, a lot of them signed on recently. I don't even know who they all are, but they're here, so they're awesome. And uh, I think it's just the power of community and all of us wanting to make the world better. This panel was a great representation of that. Thank you guys and have a fun night. And by, by the way, one more thing I'll say, you know, this space is all about taking action. If you've got an idea or, you know, or a passion in the, in the space of DeFi and NFTs, just, just get started, folks. Um, there's, there's a lot of potential here and a lot of people who want to help you make something happen. Thanks a lot, everyone. Yeah, and blog. get in touch with any of us because we always need more people. The blockchain is a very new space. Everyone needs people that are good at stuff. And it doesn't matter what you're good at. You may think like development. Development is something that the space is very heavy in. It's the getting the development to people that we need. Thanks a lot. Great parting words. Thanks a lot. Have a great time at the party. All right, my friend. We hope you enjoyed that special bonus episode. We've reached the outer limits at the edge of NFT today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? Got guests you want to see on the episodes? Questions for the host or guests, an NFT you'd like us to review, drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at at edgeofnft to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in on Monday for a special episode with sports and entertainment mogul David Meltzer. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today.